God, we just open our arms to receive everything that you have for us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Glory to God. Oh, I'm glad that you're all out. You must be hungry coming out to a Jesus encounter. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want us to look at Psalms 92.10. I'm just going to read a few scriptures to you. <clears throat> Some of you... <clears throat> Uh, might be new to this kind of a service. It's not a Sunday morning. Because usually we teach and preach and minister, although there was a powerful anointing this morning in the service, wasn't there? How many of you were here? Glory to God. God moves in different ways at different times according to how he wants to. Jesus' encounter in nights like this are... Holy Spirit nights where Jesus receives the glory, but the Holy Spirit is very active in the service. Amen. We're going to talk about that in just a few minutes. Lord, and the worship team is going to get ready, and we're going to start full throttle with Do You Want Revival? We're not going to ease into this thing. We're going to blast it wide open from the beginning. So you get ready tonight. Hallelujah. The psalmist David <clears throat> was probably the closest to understanding the New Testament as far as prophetically speaking. And this one scripture that stands out, he says, and remember that in the Old Testament, uh, they did not have the Holy Spirit abiding in them. It would come on uh, prophets, priests, and kings. David was a king, and I believe a prophet also. He says, God, he says this, your anointing has made me strong and mighty. Why do we need the anointing of the Holy Spirit? Why do we need a touch from heaven? So that we can do exploits just like Jesus did. I like what he says, your anointing has made me strong and mighty. You've empowered my life for triumph by pouring fresh oil over me. And anytime you hear about oil in the Holy uh, about uh, in, the, in the anointing of oil and so on and so forth. It's always symbolic to the Holy Spirit. And King David, he had an understanding how to operate in the anointing in that day before the Holy Spirit was poured out. Glory to God. Amen. He was a mighty man of valor. He made mistakes. That shows us we can make mistakes and still operate in a high-level anointing, especially under the new covenant of grace. Hallelujah. So fresh oil, fresh oil, fresh oil, praise God. What an anointing, glory to God. Now, it says here that, of course, we, we always refer back to Acts chapter 2, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus tells his disciples, and this is after he died, rose from the dead, and he'd been with them. The Bible says he was, had been seen uh, by 400 people after his death, ministered. He was still preaching the gospel. But he tells his disciples before he ascended into heaven, you go tarry in Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. How many of you know he, they received fresh oil? <clears throat> fresh oil. It never had happened like this before. They didn't know what this church service was going to be like in that upper room. Amen. Hallelujah. Just, just a side note, I was... I was listening to uh, Pastor Steve Kelly 
the other day talking about the, uh, the different revivals, different things that have been going on and move of God. He was talking about uh, the Jesus Revolution. And actually, we're going to be playing that. Does anybody remember what date I said? Was it May 12th? Friday night? Amen. We're going to have that movie here in the church, Jesus Revolution. So we'll let you know what time that's going to be. But uh, hallelujah, he was, he was sharing that uh, when he was uh, in the upper room, and he understands, and, and all of us want an outpouring of the Holy Spirit uh, like has not been seen. Like back then, Azusa Street, other times, awakenings of God, hallelujah. And he said it was funny, they were in, a few years back they were in Jerusalem, and they were in the, actually the upper room where they said the, uh, the Holy Spirit was poured out. And he said it was funny because he was with his group of people, and they, you know, it was a spiritual, uh, it, was, it was a spiritual thing to them being in that upper room. How many of you would like to be in that upper room and sense everything? But he said the funny thing was, and he's a pastor now. He, he was standing kind of in the back and, and and watching what was going on, and uh, they they don't have any windows, you know the as far as glass or anything like that. And their bird, like uh, some places would be pigeons or other things, well, their birds happen to be doves. All right, just a lot of doves around. So what happened was this dove flew into the window of the upper room and they had revival. Everybody thought, oh, the Holy Spirit has come. Glory to God, hallelujah. And he was looking back. People, it's a dove that flew in from the outside. Don't you know it's a dove? <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The Lord does have a sense of humor. Amen. He probably sent that dove in there so it would touch people's heart. Get them excited. Hallelujah. Because, you know, the dove represents the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus. But, you know, God wants to move upon his people and mobilize the church of Jesus Christ with that power. And it's such a power. In fact, it says this in 1 John chapter 2, verse 20, and verse 27, we'll skip down. There is an anointing, and remember David talks about the anointing as fresh oil being poured upon him. Glory to God. And here it says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. See, we should never get into the place where we are in deception because we have an anointing to know. Jesus explained in John what the, uh, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit would do, how he would teach us, how he would be our comforter, hallelujah, our helper, our, counsel, our counselor, our, our advocate, praise God, the Holy Spirit. And then verse 27 says, but the anointing which you have received from him abides where? in you. Now, in the upper room experience where the 120, and by the way, Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there and with other women. So there was a group of 120 in that upper room, and they got so filled with the Holy Spirit, so immersed in, in, in the Spirit of God. Oh, if we could just understand what that meant to them. Jesus said, don't go to the ministry, don't preach, don't do anything, because he knew what they would need to succeed, amen, in ministry. He knew what power it would take 
to, to, to minister, not words of man's wisdom. And the apostle Paul said that in Romans. He said, I don't come to you with words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration and power. How many of you know that in churches all across America, the gospel needs to be preached with demonstration and power? Amen. Hallelujah. And some people would get uncomfortable with that on Sunday mornings. Ooh, you know, they're in there. Amen. It would freak some people out if, 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 if what happened on Jesus' encounters would happen on a Sunday morning. So we try to calm it down a little bit because we don't want to scare unbelievers away. We want them to get saved. And then we introduce them to the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. But just think about that. Just think about it. We have an anointing which we have received from him. He abides in us. You do not need that anyone teach you, but the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and it's true, and it's not a lie. And just as it is taught you, you will abide in him. You will abide in the anointing of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Now, Jesus... And I was sharing this this morning. It was funny. The second service came out a little bit different than the first service. It always does. Almost two different messages, depending who's here in the congregation. But uh, the Holy Spirit has been deposited in every one of us. If we have received Jesus, one thing, if you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit in you. But the second manifestation and the equipping of the Holy Spirit comes upon us in what we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. How many of you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Speak with other tongues. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, see, what happens is that, uh, that the Holy Spirit's power empowers you. There is a deposit of power and anointing on the inside. Fresh oil, whatever terminology that you want to give it. We can't explain it, but we who have experienced it, we know what it is. And we can't live without it, can we? Huh? There's no going back to Egypt once you've tasted the goodness of God. There's no going back to to the mundane, the religiosity of, of the church world when you have received the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit deposited on the inside of you that enables you to do exploits and Jesus wants every one of us to do exploits. Amen? We need to be a sign and wonder to the world around us. So we need to be set on fire so the world can watch us burn. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God for that. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit when he was baptized by John in the Jordan River. The Spirit descended upon him as a dove. And he was filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Glory to God. And reports about him quickly uh, ran through the whole region. So he was filled with the Holy Spirit's power. And now verse 18 he stands up in the, in the temple, and we read this before, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. Amen? He has sent me to proclaim the, to the captives that they will be released, that the blind will see, the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, there's power, there's demonstration, there's healing, uh, there, there's, there's activity 
Somebody says the Holy Spirit is, is the, the, the show-off of the Trinity. He likes to demonstrate. He likes to show off in a big way. Glory to God. Amen? But see, the Holy Spirit always glorifies Jesus. He always glorifies Jesus. Always gives the glory to the Lord. Amen. But the Holy Spirit wants to touch our lives in such a way that we will be drastically changed forever. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we see Jesus move in the, in the realm of the Holy Spirit and by the Holy Spirit. And then in the book of Acts, forget it, the church was set on fire. Hallelujah. They came out of that upper room. They went in one way. They came out the, another way. And if you go to a church and you don't come out differently than what you go in, something's wrong. Amen. So they came out of the upper room, and they were not just a little bit drunk, but a whole lot drunk. I grew up in a Pentecostal church. And I guess I've seen about everything. Some things were flesh, but other things were the Spirit of God. And you say, God, why, why do people act like that? A lot of people won't jump in and to the things of God because they don't want to be embarrassed. Come on now. How many of you have thought that before? Huh? I'm not going to go and act like that. I'm not going to church and be weird like some of those. Do you know why the, the church of Azusa Street, they were called holy rollers? Huh? The Quaker denomination, they were called Quakers because the Holy Spirit would come up on the, the men and women and they'd begin to shake. They'd begin to quake and that's where they got their name, the Quakers. Every move of the Spirit through history had some kind of manifestation involved. Amen. I think it was Charles Finney when he ministered in Boston and the people fell out of the trees at the Boston Common. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't know if they got hurt or not, but I, I suppose they got healed if they did. <laughs> Amen. But, but demonstration of the spirit and power. Now, when the 120 came out of the upper room, they were drunk, and Peter had to address that. He said, these, these men are not drunk as you suppose, but they're full of the Holy Spirit. They're full of the, how can we be full of the Holy Spirit and come up so nicely? Oh, Jesus, I love you so much. Something's got to change. Not that you've got to be weird or anything, but there, there's an empowerment that goes on with that. Hallelujah. And again, you know, I've heard it said by different people, the Holy Spirit loves to demonstrate his power through us and in us. Glory to God. And that's why Jesus... He was able to minister and heal the sick and cast out devils and stuff because he was fully led by the Holy Spirit. And I said this morning, it's been taught that the Holy Spirit was in Jesus without measure, but we settle for a little measure of the Holy Spirit. But nowhere in the Bible it teaches that, that Jesus had all the Holy Spirit, but we had no, 
the, if you read the New Testament, if you read the epistles, we are full with the fullness of God. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. We've just got to learn how to allow him to demonstrate through us. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. We used to sing a song, shake off those holy hands. Or shake off those heavy bands, lift up those holy hands. And some of us, we need to shake off the bondages, all right? Hallelujah. <laughs> this is, I remember when I was just a boy, probably eight, nine, nine years old or something. We were in our old church and growing up and before we moved into our sanctuary, but they built a, 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 an annex uh, first. We used that for the sanctuary before they built the bigger one. And uh, I remember we had altars. How many of you know when churches had altars? Up on these, we had two altars. And I remember Sister Georgia. That was her name. Sister Georgia. She was pregnant. And on a Sunday morning, she got up and she had her eyes closed. Now this Sunday morning service. And she jumped up, not climbed up, she jumped up. Probably, I'm talking about seven, eight months pregnant. You know what I mean? She jumped up on that altar with her eyes closed and danced in the spirit to one end of that altar, turned around, danced in the spirit to the other end of the altar, and she did not fall off one time. She had her eyes closed. And you you know, of course, you just think about your kid. I mean, this is weird, you know? This big fat lady dancing like that. I hope she don't fall off, bless God. You know, I mean, it's just a kid. But see, it, it did. <laughs> I said, God, why did you do that? I don't know. It was kind of a sign of wonder, right? She didn't have a, a problem there. At least she didn't deliver the baby on the altar. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> yeah, huh? Uh... The altars that we had back then was probably two feet wide. And that's not very big. Kick over one into the other with your eyes closed and just, you know that had to be God. Amen. That had to be God. And, and you know, just, just different things that I've seen over the years. That, uh, and and I, you know, I had heard about People getting drunk growing up. I, we didn't see that. We had some of the other gifts. We had tongues and interpretation and, and different things like that that took place. And like I said, the dancing and, and things. But I really, I'd heard about that happening. But when it started happening in our church in Brockton, when we were renting the Seventh-day Adventist church, I, I, I didn't know what to expect when I came out of that back room and, and I said, today's the day we're going to see joy in the house or... I'm leaving the ministry. Because it was dead. We were setting up, taking down. Some of you were with us during that time. Setting up, taking down, setting up. Didn't have our home place to meet every week. And, and just, you know, just the oppression of the devil. And, and there were things that Pastor Judy and I were going. We had our daughter, and we, we went through things, you know, just the pressure of ministry. 
and I walked off the platform. I'll never, that was a defining moment. That's why I say this all the time. I bring this as an illustration. And I still go back, and my wife and I will talk about this. How did I know what to do? I was just fed up. Tell me if you have been fed up before. And I'm, I'm convinced that an angel put a prophecy on that music stand in that side room where I, and I turned the service over to Pastor Judy, and she probably didn't know what the heck I was doing. I would have probably left if there would have been a door to the outside, but it was a, just a side room in the back filled with music stands and, and stuff like that. And I walked back there, you know, just disgusted and busted. I was ready to give up. And remember, the Holy Spirit is with us, even when you're disgusted and busted, all right? And there was a prophecy given by our pastors back then, Shovia Timmons, that had probably been given maybe two, three years before at a camp meeting when we were in Abington Church, and it, and it prophesied he will have an experience as a church. It wasn't just me. As a church, the joy of the Lord. And I wish to this day, I seen that prophecy that day, but I, after that, I never saw it again. It was on a piece of paper, and it had been typed out. <laughs> How that got there, I don't, and none of our staff, nobody told me they put it there. So I believe it was a visitation from the Holy Spirit. But I read that, and I said, now or never. Now or never. Something came over me. And I came out of that room, storming out that door, and I don't know what they were singing or what her, Pastor Judy and Linda was doing. She was on the keyboard. They were probably just trying to save the service at that time, right, honey? Amen. <laughs> what happened to Pastor Ed? So if you ever see me gone like that, if I ever walk out the back, you just never know when I'm going to come back and what I'm going to do, all right? <laughs> Hallelujah. I stormed in that place, and I remember Joe Moore. He was our drummer at the front row. He was sitting on the front row. I went up to him, tapped him on the head. He got drunk, and the spirit started rolling under the chair. Started laughing in the Holy Ghost. I said, this is cool. I don't know what's going on, but we're going to do this to everybody. And so it started happening. And I think, it, I believe it changed the, the course of our church at that time. Amen. Amen. Things begin to happen. When you're, amen, when you're, when you're starting to push toward God and godly things back here in Massachusetts, you're praying against witches. You're praying, I mean, it, it's, it's warfare. And you've got to be drunk to make it. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's why they call gospel a gospel. You take God's drugs and you'll have it made. Glory to God. You get high on Jesus. So I want us, the worship team, to come on up here tonight. And I want us to, to let go and let God do what he wants to do in our lives. If you need a healing, whatever you need. I don't have to anoint you with oil. This is not primarily a healing service tonight, but you can have whatever you desire. Just reach out and take it. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And some of you are hiding. You say, my God, I don't want this. I don't want to live Hey, it's fun. You know, the, the, 
one of the biggest things that people tell us, visitors that come in, yeah, the visitors come in and said, your church is fun. Even on a Sunday morning. The church is fun. How many of you know you can go to church and have fun? All right? How many of you experienced it the first time you walked into the church? Come on. Hallelujah. Praise God. Ralph came in, and the power of God hit him the first night he came in, and he said, that pastor's weird. He's in red tennis shoes <laughs> and jeans. Hallelujah. I like, for some reason, I like to wear my red sh- tennis shoes on Holy Ghost night. I don't know why. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. I don't think I could minister like I do in this coat and tie and all that bondage. <laughs> Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Amen. 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 Hallelujah.